Hello and welcome to Hitbox, the podcast where we talk all things video games past, present, and future. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek, and with me this week is my wonderful co-host, Justin Makovich. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Uh, I was trying to think all week of of a fun sound effect, like a like a hitting sound effect to make sure. when, when you said the hitbox. Uh, uh, but I, I, you know, I don't, I didn't come up with one. So there you go. Oh, that's fine. Kind of just a, like a muted thud. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of muted thuds, uh, this week we're talking about the last of us part two, um, which was a game that I, I very much enjoyed. Uh, but I want to know what your thoughts on it were, Justin. Uh, so d- what sort of like general impressions did you get from this game? And I know we're late to talking about this, but it's hard to, turns out, uh, do a podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. So, okay, you said the uh, the muted thud. I, I don't, I, I think like with The Last of Us Part 2, it was not yeah. a muted thud. I think the, not only do the sales numbers show how uh, many people have played this game and were, were interested in playing this game, but when I played it, it was like one of those things when I waited to like the two days before to do the pre-download and I was sitting there at 11 o'clock at night um, on a Thursday so I could play it right away. And I was super like stoked for this game and everything about it. And I had the week before it came out, played through the original Last of Us to like get myself like caught up on the story. So I can, I have to say like when starting it out, I was as hyped as you possibly could be. Um, And it did not at all disappoint what my expectations were. Uh, I feel like this game it's it's more God, I'm gonna be that stereotypical person here and say more than a game, but I think it is more than just a video game. I think it's like a it's a medium defining game. See, that's interesting. I, I've heard a lot of people say like it's more than a game. It's kind of like a book or a movie tied into a video game. And I think that when people say that, like it's a little bit like dismissive of what games can be. Because I think that this game is a perfect example. Like when I said muted thud earlier, I feel like. <laughs> I I was more referring to the sound of the many, many human beings that hit the floor uh, sort of in a stealthy manner. And God, do you Um, hope that they're muted because you don't want to alert anyone? No, which real quick, uh, when you like stab a clicker and it's like the stealth kill of a clicker, it is screaming louder than anything in the entire world. And it's like, good, no one heard that. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) How did you? So anyway, sorry. Um, I, I really think that like, when people say that it's m- more than a game, it's a mix of like a game and a movie and like a book or whatever. Like, I-, I think that that's almost like diminishing what a game can be, because I think that this is just a perfect example of the power of what a, what uh, like a story that a game can tell or, or the way that a game can make you feel. So, like, sorry, I hate to interrupt you, but. Well, no, no, I because uh, I like the the connect the kind of connection I can make to this is like when you're thinking about superhero movies, like there there have always been good superhero movies before. Sure. Uh, I would say Iron Man when that when the whole Marvel studio stuff started out, like there were there were good superhero movies, but I there was this stigma behind superhero movies that oh they're you know they're just for kids or they're um they weren't as mainstream as i would say they are now <laughs> uh specifically right. with people who never care about comic books or superheroes wanting to see these movies and you can tell that just by how many people are are buying tickets for these and like you know endgame is uh the leading uh movie of all time in the box offices and stuff like that like it's a mainstream thing the uh, fact that Mar- my mom knows who thanos is 
Like that, like that's a mar. Like that's I know incredible. <laughs> like yeah, and like, but even me, like I remember walking out of the uh, what was the the one when they teased Thanos at the end of it. What what, what was that? Like the uh, first, like the Avengers. the first of yeah, the Avengers. So when they did that, like some some guy was like in the theater screaming like, "Oh my God, it's Thanos! It's Thanos! It's Thanos!" And I was like, "Okay, I don't really know who that is, but sure." And like <laughs> you know, um, but with the Last of Us Part Two saying that it is like a media defining game it's something that i feel like for people like us who like video games and play video games and everything we we already like know what video games can be but something like the last of us part two is something that you know given it's harder with a video game but giving showing this to someone and being like this is the best a video game can be from a storytelling from a gameplay from you know little details and everything and how this is so thoughtful when you hear the directors talk about like their choices they made and the actors talk about their character choices and you know even like hearing about the sound design and how all of that stuff came together from the music to the to the clicker sound effects and everything uh this shows that a game is is much more than you know something that you have that stereotypical you know fat person in their basement playing video games eating chips and stuff like that this is a an event in media that uh i i feel is something that is rare and special i am like so excited to see where games kind of go from here because i i think that like obviously it's it's very divisive to me it's almost like the last jedi of games Right now, where like it's this big, huge thing that's gonna come out, and then like, uh, and then and then it's kind of it's split between like the both the fan base and also like critics for them. I mean, I would say it's less split with critics than like the Last Jedi. So it's like not a perfect comparison, but um, I'm so excited to see where games go from here, just based on like all of the decisions that they made to make this game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And and I it, even like going back to play other games, like I played some good games like after The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, I don't know if you ever uh, played Plague Tale Innocence at all. Heard of it? I have not. No, I, I'm not um, familiar with it, but I've never, never played it. Ba- basically, it's a story very similar to Last of Us One when there is, you know, the older sister taking her younger brother, uh, a, you know, across country to escape things. Yeah. And uh, the playing that game, which came out, I believe in 2018 2019 so it's not that old of a game but playing it right after the last of us i was like wow this game is not this this doesn't hold up this is like this is not a good game it's so aged and dated but then i just had that moment when i beat it and then i went back to play last of us 2 i'm like i don't know if it's just that i just think the last of us 2 is that good (laughs) i think it's Uh, it's so far beyond what anything else is at this point. My worry is that The Last of Us Part Two has ruined video games for me. Like, like I, like I was when when I finished, I was trying to figure out what to play next, and um, I've got a like a decent sized backlog of like PS4 exclusives, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna play God of War because uh, I've heard that is incredible, um, and I'm sure it is. I just couldn't do it because I didn't want to have to compare it to The Last of Us. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just doesn't seem like it's a fair comparison, especially because to my understanding, God of Wars like takes some heavy, pretty heavy inspiration from like the first last of us with, you know, taking care of a younger you know, person and, and that sort of stuff. But it's just, it is also like, obviously there's some 
messed up stuff in the development with like crunch and all that kind of stuff but there is just a level of detail in the last of us part two that just doesn't I've never really seen that in a game before. Have you seen, there's like this Twitter thread. I know you're not like super on Twitter, um, but there's this Twitter thread of one of the developers who talks about the breathing mechanics in that game. It's incredible. I, I haven't seen that one specifically, but I saw them show like animations of like the reload animations and how detailed those are. How literally sure. when, when she is reloading her gun, you see every bullet go into the chamber and then her lock it back and then when you shoot the the bullets come out and it it like the, the amount of detail that they take on something as simple as that is i think awesome to kind of see what was the breathing stuff so it was basically saying that like and i am not a i have very little knowledge of how games are created so like the threat the thread was like maybe 25 tweets long and i didn't get most of them um but like some of them were pretty simple just talking about like okay each character that is on like like any character model that is a person or a dog or zombie or whatever clicker, sorry, um, has a heartbeat and that heartbeat rises when they are doing something strenuous or stressful or whatever. Um, and when that heartbeat goes up the way that their breathing changes. And so like Ellie, when she's in stealth mode and there are enemies around breathes through her mouth. And then as soon as an enemy comes on screen, she closes her mouth and breathes through her nose. And that is insane. And I didn't notice that in the game because it's the character's breathing. Do you know what I mean? But like, yeah, right. it's, that, it's that kind of thing where it's like, oh, I didn't notice that. So it means that they did their job right, you know, because it just was completely immersive. I think like it was it's such an immersive game. I did some work on my shed with my dad and I saw a, a, a crowbar and I literally went to look. I was like, well, what's my me- current melee weapon at? And I was like looking around I was like, oh, I'm in real life. I'm a buffoon. Like, I, I really, I cannot stress enough how incredible I thought this game was. Oh, yeah, I think I think even kind of going with the heartbeat thing, you know, most video games like, you know, the you shoot a couple times in the chest, it'll it'll kill a person uh, one time in the head. It will kill them with a headshot. But with uh, I think The Last of Us, if you like shoot them in the heart, that's as good as a headshot and yeah. like little things like that will you don't you don't necessarily think about those, but it just kind of helps like when you're playing it, I don't act, I like actively think like, oh, my God, they're breathing. But it just helps you live in that world and make it a more realistic world. Um, and not only that, but I feel like these characters in the, in the the story are realistic characters who, you know, when you're put into this kind of crazy uh, fantasy dystopian world, um, you can definitely think how you see how people that, you know, in this world how they would be acting very similar ways to a lot of the characters and, you know, how would you uh, be acting? And it just seems like they're real people put into this extraordinary circumstance. Okay. I've got, I've got a question for you Um, regarding like the game and like violence. So what did you think? Did you think that it was like too gratuitous for you? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I, (laughs) You know, I I feel like there's there's certain things that that um, I see whether it's on you know TV or playing a video game that are very kind of disturbing and gross in general. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get too much in, in into like what I find disgusting <laughs> in a video game, um, but you know I I there are definitely things in here like you know you you look at you know. 
people after you shot them, you know, things uh, get ripped off. I mean, even like you, you look at, I think in this game, looking at like the clickers and the the runners and how gross they are um, in terms of their design. Um, there's definitely a lot of gross stuff in here, but in terms of being overly gratuitous, I, I don't think so. I think, you know, the, the sad reality of human nature is I think that when you are taken to a place and when you are, you know, put to whether it's your survival or someone else's survival, humans can do terrible things. Um, and I don't feel like this game went too much into the, the realm of being an unrealistic kind of, uh, grossness with what your characters are doing and how they're killing each other, um, and everything. Uh, and I, you know, I, I wasn't bothered by it is what I'm trying to say, but that doesn't mean it wasn't graphic. Sure. Cause I mean, to me, it was like the single most violent piece of media I've ever consumed in my entire life. Uh, and not, not to say that it's the most like gratuitous because i mean like i you know earlier this year i played the uh, doom eternal and i it's clearly really violent but i i think it's violent in a different way because like i know like personally i understand that hey these things are made up you know what i mean and mm -hmm. obviously they're fake people in this game but like it's still like i recognize that that is a human being and and like that just how much detail went into that as well is is crazy because I'm on my second playthrough. I'm, I wanted to have this, it done by the time we talked about it today. Uh, yeah, game's so get long, there. though. <laughs> right. I know, I know. I mean, like, I got to, I'm at the end of day one on Abbey, and I was like, oh, this is not going to happen. Um, but, like, it, it's just, it is, on this second playthrough, I've been, like, going back and, like, looking at, like, you know, the, the people that, that we've killed and stuff, and it is so, like... No one, this is going to sound weird, but, like, no one dies the same way. And I think that that's extremely interesting in the way that, like, each gun does different things mm -hmm. um, and hits at different levels. Do you know what I mean? Like, the rifle that you get, like, you'll, like, hit someone's arm off with that. But, and you can't do that with, you know, your, mag, like, the pistol or, or whatever else. But, like, it is, it, it, it's so violent but I think that it totally serves the story. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that the level of violence plays a lot into like how the player feels when all of this stuff is happening. And, and I think an interesting kind of distinction to make too is the, the violence versus gore aspect of it, because I feel like this game does kind of connect those two things in a way when you are doing a lot of violent things in the game, but it's also looking good enough that when you're seeing these people, you know, after they have their arm shot off, it's it's not comically done. It's very like <laughs> it's realistic looking when you see that, because I feel like there's always most video games have a ton of violence in them, shooting, killing, uh, that kind of thing. Um, and vi video games try to have the the, you know, graphic. They talk about having graphics and everything to show things and they want to um uh, make things look as realistic as possible, but there are always limits to that. Because if you see something that's too real, you're you're uh, someone murdering people constantly. You don't want that to be super yeah. realistic. But this game does get to that level. But thinking about games like you know you hear about it, uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. That was the one with the torture scene, correct? I yes, think it was five. Yes. Um, and how you had that torture scene, and people were you got to choose which weapons you would torture people with. Um, people were bothered by that, and I almost feel like that is a different that that's almost a different thing because you are doing these like tortury things versus uh in the last of us part two um 
you're the violence is just kind of part of the world and it's like everything about this world is with that and it doesn't seem out of place and they even do things to make it less graphic like think about that one scene where um uh, ellie is beating that person to get the information i forget what the name of that that character was that is uh nora nora she's like beating her but yeah. even how they show they set that scene up you you weren't looking at the care at nora when she was getting beat up like that. Right. You, you, you weren't seeing that. And they did kind of, you look at Ellie and you see a cut away. And I feel like that scene could be very different if you flip the camera and you saw the mm-hmm. other, the other side of it, or if you were doing that in like the, 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 you were controlling it more directly other than a button press. If you were the one going there, choosing which arm to shoot first or what, or something like that. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like that would, if they would have had that kind of, uh, control over that kind of stuff i think that would have been a little bit more uncomfy for me to play um but i i I think it's one of those as graphics get better it's just that's only this is going to be a conversation that happens more and more and more and more well something interesting at least what i took away from this game um is like it i don't personally think that it ever frames the violence in this game as being cool do you you know what i mean like like there's no there's not a time when like it's not doing like slow motion, like, you know, whatever of, of Ellie, like cutting some guys throat out. It always frames it, at least in my opinion, to be like, Hey, what Ellie and uh, we're, we're getting into spoilers throughout this whole show, probably. Um, but so like what Ellie and Abby are doing, Hey, this is bad. And, and Hey, these are not things that people should do. And so I think that it frames that, in such a way, like, I think that's why the realistic violence is so, at least personally, like, it, it is upsetting, because you're like, oh my gosh, like, have, have you ever, like, blown up someone and seen that happen in, with, like, with the trip mines in, in that game? <laughs> no. It, it is, it is, like, it happened in front of me, because I forgot where I put the mine, and it was, like, the kind of thing where you you pause and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, in a way that is, like, deeply unsettling. And I don't think, I mean, my hope is that video games, as they become more and more realistic, are not going to go this way if they're not trying to say something uh, about violence. And I don't think that the message of the game is necessarily about violence, like, sort of on its own. But I think that it's definitely saying, like, hey, when the characters are doing this, this is not cool or good, (laughs) you know? Yeah, I yeah, it's all about that framing too because you you know, if you, if you put the Doom soundtrack on this game and you have the same kind of like battle system that you have in Doom or Doom Doom Eternal and you're doing you're going through this particular story with that, that would feel gross. That would feel wrong. That would feel completely inappropriate. Exactly. If this was if you had Uncharted 4 with this level of like violence and like gore and like viscera, it would be it would be horrific. You know what I mean? Like like the fun of those games is not necessarily like the violence, at least personally, like, I don't know, don't play it for the violence, but I, <laughs> I, I think that it, it is the fun, like that's just part of the adventure. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In the way that Indiana Jones, like, yeah, he, he's like, he murders people, but it's not like fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, or I, I guess I, maybe it is like, it's well, not I think the he, focus of the story. Whereas, well, even, whereas even going this to, game, yeah. 
to Naughty Dog, but like uh, when you're looking at Uncharted, those games you are killing, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people through the Uncharted games. But I don't think that's ever the focus of that game is like, all right, you you shot this person. I want you to see how gruesome it was. And I want you to, to have Nathan Drake live with the repercussions of that d- murder he just did. They, exactly. th- that's not the focus. Um, and because of that, I don't think they have to be as realistic when they're doing things like designing your, how you get a headshot and how you uh, shoot people in Uncharted, where in The Last of Us Part 2 and even the first Last of Us, I think that is like a major part of the game, just that kind of like realistic, uh, tough world and being a part of that and making it hard to like, you know, put it in your trip mind down, watching someone Im- explode in front of you, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that's... And I think what they do so well in this game, too, is until we talk more about the story, how they gave all the characters names that has so much more impact in this game, because not only do we get to know a lot of these characters later on, but when you see someone like watch their friend get shot in front of them and how that person reacts to that, it's such a realistic reaction to such a violent act of something like that, that it becomes... it doesn't seem like they're just doing it to um, be like, look at all the gross violence we can do. Totally. We're, we're, we're it, you're having people react to it realistically, which I think makes it realistic in a way that's not exploitative. Well, and this is the kind of thing, like we kind of touched on this a minute or so ago about like, I personally, I don't know about you. I personally do not want this level of violence in all the games I play because like, I think that this was a great game and I really liked it, but like I liked it in the way that I like the shining where like I didn't have <laughs> fun watching the shining. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like it, it yeah. just, it, I can walk away and say, wow, that was a great movie, but did I enjoy watching it? No. The, the final scene with, with Abby and Ellie, like at the very, very end, I played this game with my girlfriend and she's like, she's not watching. She's got her hands over her eyes. She's sobbing. And I'm having to describe all these things that are happening. Happening. It's just like the most. As you're violent. watching it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm like, okay, she's biting her fingers off. And then you hear like, you're like, ah, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, it's, it was not fun. You know what I mean? And as the credits are going, I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, that was a wonderful work of art, but it is not the kind of thing that I would want to consume all the time oh yeah i yeah i don't i don't i try to live my life in a way that i'm not engaging with things that are disturbing gross or whatever you know i i'm careful what i type into google images because god only knows what a search into google images will result if you're not careful (laughs) well okay i Um, I have a question for you Uh, mm -hmm. uh, sort of along that line i i would recommend the first last of us to just about anyone who's who's interested in like a mature story you know, a zombie story. I would not recommend this game to a lot of people because of just like, I wouldn't recommend this to like a casual fan of video games. Probably just because of how deep it goes into and how dark it gets and, and how violent it gets. Not to say it isn't good because I think it is really good, but like there would be a big like asterisk next to me saying, yeah, play this game. Oh, do you do you feel a similar way, or is this the kind of game that you would say like, "Yo, play this no matter what"? So I, I think it's it's more complicated than that because if you've played the first game, you have to play this game, right? Like it's a yeah. it's a clear continuation of the story. If you play the first game and you have any connection to those characters, you got to play this game because it is, you know, game gameplay to I think even like 
uh, overall scope of the storytelling, I feel like this game should be played. Um, but if you're just talking to someone, you know, on the street who maybe, you know, plays, uh, you know, Overwatch or Apex or Call of Duty or something like that, and th that's all they engage in and be like, you got to play The Last of Us Part Two. If they never play the first one and they have no interest in playing the first one or that kind of game, you can't really get them into this. Even though I think that this combat system stands on its own as one of the best and most interesting combat systems in a video game in a long time. Totally. Um, which is not the same thing you could say about the original Last of Us. Um, I would agree. <laughs> and and that's why, like, you even go back to the God of War comparison. Um, like, this game is so different from God of War because God of War is, like, I guess they call it a soft reboot. Um, because that game starts and basically... If you either played God of War, the original ones, you know, the God of War 1, 2, 3, um, or you've heard about it, you just know that Kratos is an angry, roided up, screaming, angry person. But then they they have that as that's all you need to know about that character in order for this story to make sense. Right. And then there's a couple part parts. And as you're playing that game throughout that are like do some callbacks that you don't really it doesn't really hold to the old material so you need it and you need to understand it um and the game on itself can stand alone and that's why i would say like that game is is something that i would recommend for people to play no matter sure. who you are um more so than the last of us part two um but in terms of like a lot of the little details and, and the production and the storytelling and all that stuff i still think that last of us part two is m more interesting and, and better for video games I would agree 100%. I mean, I've never played a game that made me this, like, it, it is stuck in my head since I finished it the first time. Yeah, I mean, it was stuck in my head when I started playing it, but, like, I really, like, have thought so much about it and, and even saying, like, okay, we're going to talk for an hour about The Last of Us Part Two. It's like, which part yeah, of we it? Gotta pick, like, <laughs> we got to pick a lane here. We can't just talk yes, about everything. It'll be a 15-hour right. podcast. It's just there's so much to sort of dismantle about it. And I feel like um, sort of talking about something that we wanted to talk about is that like people are are basically just saying, hey, this game is good or hey, this game is bad. And in in my opinion, I, re I really just don't understand the people who think that this is a bad game just because like. I mean, I've watched a handful of videos, of like 30 minute videos trying to trying to convince me, hey, this game sucks. Um, I've read a handful of articles saying like, hey, this wasn't a game that I enjoyed. And, and I completely you're entitled to your own opinion about disliking anything. But to me, the reasons that people have said that they dislike it, it just doesn't add up to me for to say like, hey, this piece of media is bad as opposed to just saying like, hey, this didn't resonate with me. And that is in that, like, I'm going to, I want to, cause first of all, to me, this game is a masterpiece of a game, right? Like there, it's not perfect, but it's a masterpiece. Thank you, IGN for that great, uh, that great distinction That's in your 10, 10 out, out of 10, 10 score. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but while while that's being said, I'd like to go back to the last Jedi because that's, that's a, that's a movie that I did not like for a lot of different reasons. There was a lot of things of that movie that did not resonate with me and and things that I just could not see how someone could leave that theater being like best Star Wars movie of all time. And a lot of people think that it's one of the best Star Wars movies of all time. Uh, they think it's great. They think it's awesome. And I, I have trouble trying to understand their perspective with that. 
So with this game, I can see how there may be a, a, a group of people out there who just don't like this game for whatever reason. It didn't resonate with them, and they have strong reasons for not liking the game, um, and uh, that they could leave it not liking it. Because I think with most media, that that's a thing that's normal with. People yeah. you know, have differing opinions. But I just pulled up Metacritic here. <clears throat> um, yep. The Metacritic score is it's a 94 for the critics. That's 117 uh, people gave it, uh, you know, they averaged it out to about a 94, which is an awesome rating, right? <laughs> that's, that is an A. Yeah, yeah, like I, if we're looking at the, the grading scale, I'd say that's a, it's a solid A. It also has a little stamp on it that's the Metacritic must play. Then you look at the user score um, for The Last of Us Part Two. There are um, <laughs> 134,994 uh, users who've rated this game, and they gave it a 5.6 out of 10. Jiminy, Jiminy Criminy is what I said that. <laughs> I just even, don't get it. Yeah, sorry, and, go on. And even going further than that, um, you you have issues with people. Uh, you know, the game comes out on that Thursday night, 11 o'clock uh, Central Time, and then immediately user scores are coming up and people are just giving it like one or zeros because they've heard things that happen about it and they're just bombing it and they hate it. And then obviously once the game actually gets played, more and more people start to actually have an informed opinion about what their score is and they start to uh, add to this Metacritic score, which I still think is exceptionally low. Um and I think that that comes into a lot of different things. And I think a lot of the points that we talked about, about why people would hate this game so much. Um, uh, and first of all, the violence of it, I, I feel yeah. like that could be a thing that makes people unhappy. The story, people are unhappy with the choices that were made in the story. Um, and then uh, I, the, the whole leak situation, I think, did affect that initial thought on the overall game okay so question for you about, about the leaks and i want to double back on some of that other yeah. stuff as well but did you get this was this spoiled for you at all absolutely not because i avoided it like the plague i as soon as the game came out or when when the leaks sort of happened i was like cool i am not going to read anything about this game until it comes out i didn't watch the the story trailer that came out like a two weeks beforehand because i was like i have no interest in seeing the comments of anything at all um but okay so if you had read the leaks and to my understanding the leaks i mean it was pretty like it's pretty detailed on uh, like some of the big stuff you know i what mean, mean so like uh, for the for the most parts the parts of the, the that that i heard uh it was basically um joel dies abby kills joel you play as as abby for half of the game yeah those were the, the heard, basics I heard, but um, after the fact. Right. <laughs> if you heard that before this game came out, would you play it? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I, like, like, that's the thing. Like, I think I just don't understand the people who, like, read that and are like, well, hey, this game actually sucks, says the guy who didn't play the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, like I, it's just baffling to me because I think that, like, Okay, if you're if you're mad that Joel died, I get it. I was mad that Joel died because mm -hmm. I like Joel. I he's he's an interesting character that I wanted to see on screen, and you know, obviously we got more of him through the flashbacks and everything. But like, 
him dying was perfect motivation for me to play this damn game. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wanted revenge. I wanted to get back, you know, and find and like and get follow what Ellie wanted to do for for not everything she decided on, but like I would have been in that position where I'd want to go and get revenge. Like it, well, that I makes the most sense. That's what makes this game so good to me because at first you're like, yeah, let's go get him. Because obviously, I mean, in real life, personally would not be my move that would not be what i would do perhaps um but like it it makes sense in the logic of this story and this video game like okay yeah ellie let's go get him and then you show up to seattle and it's kind of like hey what's the like dina's like what's the plan and ellie's like fuck him up i guess (laughs) and like like there's no plan and it is so like it is so clear that like as the player then you're like hey ellie yeah what is the plan and then Ellie starts doing stuff that's, I would say, bad. And as the player, you're kind of like, hey, Ellie, I don't know. I don't know if this is the way to go about doing this. And it like ramps up and ramps up to being like, Ellie, I think you're doing the wrong thing. And then it, you know, it ends with Seattle Day 3 of you you killing Mel and realizing she's pregnant. And there's that like scene where she's like freaking out and she's saved by Tommy and, and Jesse. And from there, from then on out, it's like, okay, that was the climax of this, of this moment and getting caught up in like, I'm going to kill these guys. And then you, she's like, we got to go home, you know? Yeah. So I, 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 yeah, go on. I was worried because, um, I, a lot of the marketing by Naughty Dog was really kind of clever. Um, and I don't know if it was in response to the leaks that came out, but, uh, for example, when you meet Jesse in the Hillcrest episode of, um, uh, of Seattle day one, right? Day two. Or is it day two? Day two. When you yeah. meet uh, him there, they did the marketing. So it's Joel who re- yes. reaches out his hand and says, you didn't think I was going to let you do this on your own or, or whatever that line was. And so, I, again, I don't know if that was to subvert expectations, but for me personally, I was going in figuring that Joel would be your buddy along for part of the game or at least a major part of the game. Um, and uh, they weren't going to kill him immediately. And they didn't kill him immediately. They waited about three hours until they actually did that. Um, but the I, I feel like anything that would have happened to Joel would have been cheapened if it didn't happen as kind of like the initial incident of the whole story. Totally. And that's what it kind of worked. That, that's how, you know, we care so much about this character that everything that happens after that, once he dies, that's when that's when the action actually starts. You know, you have this exposition of them, you know, setting up what, you know, life could be like in a normal sense. Um, in this world, uh, you you know you're going on your routes, you're meeting friends, you're seeing kids, you have that snowball fight and everything. So it, it's setting up this like great world and like oh this would be this wouldn't be as bad as it could be, and then that that happens to Joel and it just kind of like sends all these characters on a spiral and and really sends Ellie on her spiral of of just which to be fair I you, you might even argue she was already kind of spiraling since the end of the first game, <laughs> and um, yeah go on. And it's all of a sudden like this thing happens to Joel and then like the brakes hit and she starts falling in a different direction from where she was before. Um, but I, I feel like that that is for this story to have any kind of emotional impact. You have to do something like that to get rid of a character that people care about. If they killed uh, Dina at the beginning, it would have been nothing. Uh, who nothing. cares? <laughs> yeah. Even if they killed if they killed Tommy at the beginning, you barely know him from the first game. Like th- there would have been no emotional uh, impact for you as the um, player and even for Ellie. <laughs> well, it, it's just like, there's all these people who are saying, you know, like, 
I don't agree with Ellie. I, I wouldn't do that. Well, yeah, because you're like a person living in like a regular, living a regular life. You have so many ways to cope with any, anything that happens to you. And, and obviously, there's some horrible stuff that happens to people. Do you know what I mean? But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like right now, like there's some horrible stuff going on, but you have the ability to like, you, you have resources. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and the idea of like, well, I wouldn't do this if I was Ellie. It's like, yeah, she lives in this horrible world of violence and murder. And, and so of course she, she wouldn't know what to do it in replaying in replaying it. So like I, I finished Ellie's story uh, or at least, you know, the, the three days in Seattle, like she, it, it feels much more empty the second time through. And it feels much more like she is trying to convince herself that this is going to make her feel better when she knows ultimately that it will not, you know, that, that scene that we talked about with Nora of um, where you're, you're torturing her for that information. It feels like she doesn't want to do it, and it feels like she doesn't want to even be there. And so that moment when you you look at her, and then that button prompt comes up, she's like trying to psych herself up to get mad about this, but it feels like she's just really empty over it all. And, and so like, to me, that criticism of like, well, I would never do this. And like, well, yeah, that's the point, and that's what like there's a divide, or at least there should be, between the player and and Ellie. You know, towards the end of these days where you're like, I don't know if this is a good idea, but I'm following this and, and this is the story that they want to tell. So it's almost that you become like Ellie's conscious. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's a weird like shift where you go from being like, ride or die. Let's let's get these people. They killed Joel. And then it starts to be like, uh, they seem like they've got a lot going on. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and how many how many video games can you think of that actually have um, characters go through uh, mental repercussions for their actions? Um, and I mean, you basically have Ellie who is going through severe PTSD through this entire game. Um, she is having, you know, uh, when when they're at the farm uh, near the end of the game, and then she's in the barn and like, you know, has that freak out moment. Like that's not <laughs> that 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 shows that any of these decisions she's making aren't like her just doing it to do it. They're they're having these consequences on her mm -hmm. emotionally and personally. Um, to something what, that I think this game covers well more so than most games do about how you live with the choices that you make. Um, and I. I th thought they, they did a good job of of telling Ellie's story, not the story I wanted, like in terms of like if I were that character or whatever. But they they told a story. They made choices. They put the character through tough choices. And even going back to uh, the scene after she tortures Nora, she did not walk back to that theater being she like, was hey, not guys, like, what's stoked up? About it. High yeah. five. And, no, she's like, like legitimately emotionally like destroyed. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. that scene, there, there's that, I mean, first of all, the technical marvel of her taking her shirt off. I saw someone, like, on Twitter had quoted that, like, the gif of that, and, like, so they're like, can you believe that they did this, and, like, nothing clipped, and, like, <laughs> the fabric looks good, and, and like, they they basically said, like, this makes the whole game worth it. Yeah, that was, um, that was, that was probably a year of animation, at least. <laughs> oh, totally, but, like... There's that scene where she's sitting there and she's like in the dressing room of the theater and she's got like tears rolling down her face and Dina comes and she's like, it's just completely quiet. And like you, you start to realize like, 
Ellie is, this is how she's processing this grief. And she clearly doesn't know how to do it well. And she clearly isn't doing it in a healthy way. But this is just how she's doing it. And, and I think, you know, people are, there was something that I read that said, like, you know, by the, by the end, Ellie is like totally unsympathetic. You're like, yeah, because she's going on this, like, she's ruining her entire life to get this vengeance because she feels like it's the only thing that she can do to make her life worth it at this point, because, you know, the cure for this sickness is, is out of her control. And I just don't understand the people also at the end who are saying like, she should have killed Abby. Like, do you think, do you, do you think that she should have killed Abby? Uh, the, I'm going to, the non-empathetic answer would be, of course, because having anyone out there in the world who has some kind of justification or reason to kill you, um, having them in the world is, makes your life unsafe. Um, as, totally. as was, was proof for what happened with Joel. Anyone who remembers what you did or, or what you, what your actions were, it's only going to come back to bite you. Uh, but I, I don't the you know the human answer is no because you know it, what is it going to get her nothing right um and it's going to only it's not going to bring Joel back to life it's not going to fix her relationship with anyone that she's isolated it's not going to bring anyone who died back to life uh and at a certain point it becomes just this crazy revenge that where does that end because it won't end with killing Abby at the no. end it would just keep going well and and something that in some of the conversations surrounding this game that I thought has been extremely interesting is people have said like Abby, I think this was an interview with like Laura Bailey. She said like Abby is at the beginning of this game where Ellie ends it. So when, when Abby kills Joel, uh, when we take control of Abby, we see some of the events, you know, kind of from her perspective, you know, starting with her dad being killed. And, and then we see the, um, the, the, scene where she kills Joel and like everyone's rushing over trying to figure out what to do with Ellie and Abby's just standing there like holding the the golf club and just like like totally empty and she's at least my interpretation of it is she realizes like this did not change anything and I almost only like feel worse about it and and so at the end then as well when Ellie lets Abby go it's like she has that same sort of realization, but she doesn't have to kill Abby to, to understand it. it. It's also interesting because like they both make the decision to let the other one go because at the beginning of the game, the same thing I said with Ellie should have killed Abby, not like as just a logical decision. Yeah. Abby should have killed Ellie at the beginning yeah, tie of the up game. The loose ends. Yeah, exactly. Um, because that one choice she made that, that sympathy that she gave Ellie, ended up destroying everything that Abby knew, right? Like, <laughs> like all of her friends are gone. Her life is gone. The WF is gone. Um, not necessarily just because of Ellie, but that, that certainly didn't help. Um, but then Ellie does that same, makes that same decision. Also knowing that the reason she was there to get Abby back was because she was let go. <laughs> like, yeah. it's almost like this, like kind of like just circle of, you know, keep repeating your same kind of, I don't want to say mistakes because I don't think it was a mistake that she didn't kill her. Um, but it, it's, it's the cycle it, of it, violence, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, it, it would lead me to wonder what kind of interesting places they would go. If they had a sequel that happened, what happens next? 
Um, cause I, I, and whether they make a sequel or not, what happens next, I think is a very interesting question for both of these characters. I was thinking about this. Does Ellie go to Jackson at the end? Do you think? I don't think she does. Cause she, uh, so cause, yeah, sorry. Tell me, <laughs> can we take a step? Let's take a step back. Do you yeah. think that I, I had some weird tonal thoughts going through my head when Ellie got back to the farm at the end of the game? Uh oh. I didn't know if it was it, it wasn't that it was she was angry, it wasn't that she was sad. If anything, I almost felt some happiness in her at that point. Um hmm. and this could me be reading the scene wrong, but even for me, the part where she picks up the guitar at the end, the thing that you've been playing the entire game, um, and then she literally can't play it, I didn't feel anger or frustration for her. It was just kind of like a very kind of like she's at peace with it. It felt like acceptance. And while I was like emotionally like, oh my God, she can't play this. Um, and then she walks away. The, the the tone of that makes me think that it wasn't something that she is going to continue to necessarily spiral down the way she had been for the whole game. And whether that next step takes her back to Jackson or not, um, I... I don't know. Does she become a Joel kind of person who start like an early Joel who has cut off emotion and love from her life that she doesn't want to get tied down or hurt again? Or does she go back to Jackson? And I would think and I would hope that her next step would be to try to make her life mean something again. Hmm. Interesting. That that doesn't answer the question about if she goes back to Jackson or well, not, I, but I, she I, wants her life does. to mean something. Yeah, because I mean, like, I totally agree to me, she she leaves the guitar. She leaves everything there as just a like. I am putting this to bed. I like this is not going to be, you know, tormenting me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it is. I personally don't think she goes to Jackson because I think she when she walks in, she didn't say anything. There's no, you know, she walks into the empty house and it's completely desolate. And like, to me, the feeling of like what she's thinking is like, well, this makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, not in a comical way, but in just like a... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see. I did go too far, you know? And and she puts all of her stuff down, you know, picks up the guitar, puts it away, you know, plays the song. And obviously there's that, the narrative or like sort of like the theme. She, she plays, you know, if I ever were to lose you, but she can't do it because the second part of that is I'd surely lose myself. And she has. She's lost everything that she had for what? For nothing, you know? And and, so, I, yeah. and that's why it's like that, that like, what is her purpose now? Because for mm-hmm. her, going back to even the first game, like she wanted her life to mean something. And not only was that taken away from her, the person who made that choice for her so they could be happy together in this world and live together is also gone, right? Yeah. <laughs> like she's kind of like lost, lost again, but that's the kind of person she is. She wants to, her life to mean something. Um, and then whereas we go to Abby's side of things, She's starting to have meaning in her life again. She has this person who she can take care of and uh, look out for and be a better person uh, to than to anyone that she's been uh, had relationships with since her dad uh, died. Um, And you have that imagery at the end of her boat outside of Santa Monica, implying that they made it right. Yeah. And 
that's another hopeful image because if you end her story with that hopeful image but you also end ellie's with again in my interpretation i took of it as a as a kind of a hopeful not as sad as it could have been walk off like there's definitely like a a po- i just i, I just f- i felt it was at the end a positive message i agree and i think so a lot of the criticism i've seen is talking about the message of the game and and i think it's very like a lot of the things let me pull up some of the stuff that i saw um p- people said like there is no message or the message is just a simple one that like i already understood you know the idea of like violence is bad or revenge is bad and to me i think that's so like diminishing of the entire experience because it it, it i don't think it's that simple because there are games that say violence is bad. I know violence is bad. I, you have to watch the news to see violence is bad, you know? And and yeah. to just say that that's all this game has to say is so, it's it's so, like, diminishing. Because I, I think it's tr- not trying to say that at all. I mean, I think it that certainly helps the argument. But it's talking about, like, obsession and and the obsession with revenge and and that sort of stuff. And saying when you are so bent on revenge if you get that to that point you are going to lose everything that you have that you hold dear and i think that's a much more poignant message than just saying like hey did you know that killing people is wrong yes (laughs) i knew that i knew that (laughs) um yeah also like with the idea uh i think you were mentioning about ellie being unsympathetic right yeah um, how can you not look at Ellie and feel nothing but sympathy for her? Well, that's the <laughs> and thing. everything it, she's yeah. gone through. <laughs> like and you, you, it, you're looking yes, at this on, character, on, on. this this like real this real person who you've had this great connection with when she was a, a kid in the first game, and then you kind of see her grow up through the through the kind of flashbacks of of this game, and you you see the struggle she's going through, and how can you not feel? something for her and her decisions like you it, to, to simply point a finger at, at at anyone who is in a position of ellie who is so emotionally like driven like driven to get not only revenge but she's so like been traumatized by this one event that happened in her life and to say that all the decisions she's been making to deal with it are wrong and it's her fault i think that's such a bad way of dealing with loss <laughs> and trauma like even like the, the the scene with her and Dina near the end when when Ellie's basically deciding to to go to go back and, and get Abby. Like I I understand Dina's perspective about how, you know, but we're good right now. Why can't you just see what's in front of you? But then you have Ellie who's like, I can't forget what this this past thing. I have to deal with this in one way or another. I can't just ignore it and let it go because I feel like that's the unhealthy option is to just ignore it and let it go. And her ignoring it has led to her having, you know, breakdowns, you know, PTSD flash. Like there's so many little things that are happening yeah. with her that you cannot look at Ellie and say she's okay at the at the first time you're in the farm uh, when she's living with Dina. That's not well, okay. It, it, and don't you feel like, I don't know, I've never been in this particular position but like I've had things that I can't let go of, you know, and, and as, as much as I want to, it's, it's hard, you know? And yeah. so I totally agree. The idea of like Ellie's not the idea of saying like, if Ellie's unsympathetic, then like, 
why are you playing this game? You know, because <laughs> I know, I know. It's it's also like we know Ellie. So so when you get to the part where you're like torturing Nora and doing all this horrible stuff, you feel like you're Dina or or Jesse or whoever. Where you're like Ellie, I love you. We need to go home because this is not you. You know, and and mm-hmm. I know that you are trying to make this you because you are trying to to do this and whatever. And I understand, but we need to go home because this is not you. And, and I feel like the exact opposite way about that with Abby, because people are also like, yo, Abby sucks. She killed Joel. Uh, I'm not going to play your game. <laughs> it's like, well, OK, hold on. Um, <laughs> but also, like, me I play this character. Come on. Yeah, because I mean, I had the same reaction. Did you? When when it, so, when it was like Seattle day one and you're Abby, I'm like, oh my gosh! Like, so I I think uh, with rumors and stuff that I've heard before the game, I I heard mm-hmm. a couple of things that um the Abby character was going to possibly be um, Ellie's mom and you would be playing like her early life and everything. I I thought that's where it was going. And at the very beginning, when you are in outside Jackson, you start playing as her. I thought, is this like in this time? Is this like before? Is this something that happened like, you know, in in the, in the past or whatever. And then once you obviously meet Joel and I was like, Oh, no, this is, this is now obviously. (laughs) Um, Yes. And then, so you're playing as Abby, and, like, I could just tell, like, from the second she looked at Joel, there was something wrong with that interaction, and I'm like, oh, no, that's the guy they're looking for. When um, you played again, that moment, when, she, like, the first time, before you're with everyone, like, all the wolves and whatever, when you're, like, when Tommy's like, I'm Tommy, this is Joel, let's go. She, like, looks at him, she's like, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, sorry, go on. Yeah. But but even even to the the the, the point when, when when they blast Joel's leg off with the shotgun, I'm like, oh, he'll probably like it might be hard with the with the technology they have in this time period, but maybe they can put like a metal leg on him, it'll be a pretty cool thing. But yeah, that that he'll still be fine. He'll still be oh nope, he's dead. You know, like you yeah, have that whole thing. Super not fine. <laughs> so so anyway, but, yeah, so sorry. like playing playing at Abby at the beginning, I I, I got how that they did I, I thought that would have been dumb unless you were going to come back to her that way. Mm-hmm. When I saw you come back to her, I was like, Oh, okay. I wasn't like, I wasn't like upset with it. I was like, well, no. I figured like you played with her before. Um, but the moment I had that, like kind of like, well crap, I'm only halfway done through the game was when you get to that first place where you find uh, the upgrade and you realize you have a whole new upgrade <laughs> yep. tree. And I was like, yep. mm, wait a second. <laughs> like, this is, this is going to be a little bit more than just a simple uh, kind of like what, what happened in between. Um, and, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't upset to do that. I wanted, I, the thing that made me the most upset is because they leave it at such at Seattle day three at the end of it, such a cliffhanger at the end of that, that I yes. wanted to see what came next. Yes. <laughs> um, so as you're playing through the story, the other dots are starting to connect about what happened earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in, you know, like as you're Ellie in the hospital and hearing them talking about Abby a little bit in the background and they were looking for her and you're like, why are they looking for her? But I didn't really think about like, well, I'm going to be playing as her later, you know, like right. I was, I was even thinking that, you know, maybe I'd be playing as Tommy a little bit later. Cause you see like some camps from him. Like maybe you would be playing him in the first couple days and, and, and whatever. But then you were playing Abby and I was like, oh, I guess that makes sense. But, um, well, like when you first do the, when they have that confrontation with, with Abby and Ellie in the theater, and then it's like four years ago, and then you do the thing with uh, the zebra and whatever, and Ellie's dad, like, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, so she's mad at, I see, I understand why you're angry, 
Yeah. I get it. And then it goes Seattle day one. And I was like, oh, we're going back to Ellie. And then it's like she wakes up and she's got like gigantic arms. You're like, oh, my gosh, you're the strongest person in the entire world. Um, but but I feel like that sympathy part with her is totally the exact opposite. Like that was my it was completely like inverse for me because you start playing as Abby and you're like, I do not like Abby. And I know that they're going to try and make me like Abby. And I understand that they're trying to say, like, you never know who you're affecting you know what i mean like walk a mm-hmm. walk a mile in, in abby's shoes and i was like i know what you're trying to do and that's fine but i think she's the bad guy and then like at the end when you're like with yara and, and there's that moment with lev where she's like where, where lev is like that was those are your people and and abby she's like you are my people that is that exact flip of like oh you are abandoning all of this because you you see the humanity in other people now. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. She just she just has that complete turn that that I really loved. And then you go to the theater and you have the fight with Ellie and and you're like I don't want either of you to kill either of you. And then this the exact flip fight in Santa Barbara. Um you know how I remember that and I hate to like divert like to Take a step back. <laughs> um, that's where Psych takes place, and in, in remember, Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara, and I remember they were like, "She's in Santa Barbara," and I was like, "She was Sean and Gus um, solving crimes." So anyway, uh, so, so then there's that that fight as well in the water where you're like, "I don't want either of you to kill either of you. Walk away, just stop," you know. And and I think that it's so powerful that, I mean, per, in my personal experience, starting as Abby being like, "I don't." want to do this to then you know 15 hours later be like i don't want this person to die i don't want either of you to die please stop doing this like that it's just it's it's to me proof of a good well-written game that that has interesting and 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 flawed characters who are at the end of the day human yeah i i like i'm, I'm trying to think like it's not that i don't like abby um, oh. I, I, I think part of the disadvantage Abby has is that she did not have years for you to get to like her as a character, right? Yeah. The Last of, uh, of Us One, you have a year of traveling with Joel and Ellie to get to get that relationship and to care about these people. Um, in this game, you still have technically what the four years uh, more development between Joel and Ellie's relationship, even though, mm-hmm. you know... You, basically are playing four years after the first game you used to do the flashbacks and you get to know that relationship and how it's evolved. You don't really get that the same with Abby's character and how she, how she's evolved. And I feel like a lot of her character beats happen so quick. Um, even her decision to go back and help Yar and Lev. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel like that was such a quick change for her that I didn't, and you know, maybe it playing it again and looking at it more, more analytically kind of knowing where it's going. I didn't feel like, like it, it wasn't, more had to happen for that turn of her character to pay off. I wish almost like when you got back to the WLF at the beginning there, it seemed like things were almost pretty good with her and her life. I didn't, I didn't seem like, like her life was that bad at the very beginning. Oh, Um, oh, with Abby. Yeah. With Abby of day one of Seattle. Like it just seemed like we're back to normal. So I didn't see her like struggling with that, with killing Joel and, and not necessarily doing it. And like, like having, feeling okay with her with herself or not okay with herself or having more struggle and stuff until 
you know, later. And even then, it just didn't feel like that whole development of her character. It just felt rushed because you had three days to know this character, whereas you right. had so much longer to know all these other people. Um, now, I haven't played the whole game again, but playing, I played the snow section again at the beginning in Jackson. This is like the intro, yeah. The intro, more or less, um, before Seattle Day One. And I, you get so much more with Abby's story, like when she's first in the cabin and with Owen and they're traveling to the, to the place. Oh, you get yeah. so much more of that subtext in that playthrough <laughs> of that. And it, you start to see a little bit more of the development. Um, because by that time, you did have so much time that you spent with Abby and got to know her better as a character now that you're reintroduced to her again. How has day one of Seattle as Abby uh, played for you going back to it? Well, I, I think that, like, so far it has not been as, I, I think, revealing as that first time you play as her. And I also think it has not been as revealing as some of the stuff with Ellie. But I would also say that her first day... Seattle Day One as as Ellie to me until like the second half until you get captured and whatever is kind of like a slog where you're just sort of like wandering around Seattle which makes sense because you know if you went there you wouldn't just run into them immediately mm-hmm. um, but it, it, it's it does recontextualize it because you forget certain you some elements of the story kind of you know you forget when you're thinking about this whole you know long game um, you have. The reason, the reason why Owen is hiding. Do you remember this? Do you remember why he's hiding out in the aquarium? Other than he just sort of like lives there? Uh, uh, wasn't it because he uh, tried, he stabbed someone? So he killed, he shot. Yeah. He wouldn't, he wouldn't shoot like this old, old man who was a seraphite. Um, and his friend is like, you got to kill him. He's like, I don't think I want to. And then they have a little fight and he shoots this guy. Um, and, and that sort of like theme of and that sort of motif uh, is sort of carried out throughout this game with this fight that is so, you're starting to like not have it in you anymore that mm-hmm. I think is is portrayed through Ellie and through Abby a little bit. I think that um, in terms of Abby sort of turning around and wanting to help Lev and Yara, uh, I, I would probably agree with you that it happens a little quick. Um, the, the only, you know, the big reason is just like, Hey, these two kids came and saved my life. Um, and she has those nightmares about like them being hung and and killed. And so she then goes, you know, to check on them. Um, so I, I think that that moment of like, Hey, these people helped me is sort of just where that comes from. But I, I would agree with you that it's a little underdeveloped potentially, but yeah, and, and personally, I just not feel, enough for me to be like, this game sucks. Goodbye. Oh <laughs> like, no! Oh yeah, Ab- this Abby's <laughs> terrible, unrealistic so, arms. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying, I'm trying. Like for me, I'm trying to conceptualize why people might not like the Abby part as much as as much because I feel like that's another part of the game where people are just like, no, I'm yeah. not going to play this character. And for me, like any critique I have of Abby does not have to do with the fact that you're playing as the person who killed Joel. I think if anything, that's brilliant because then when you go back and you see those encounters that Ellie had with these characters, 
you those those random people walking through a town are not just random people they're real yeah. people that you've met at certain points and i love how when you're just walking through those areas you run into the psp girl you run into the various yes. other characters that you're meeting and stuff like that and they're just talking and even with the psp girl she's clearly like distracted and doing the same she's playing thing hotline like, she's miami. Playing, yeah, yeah yeah she's like she's playing hotline miami and abby's like trying to get her attention and then she's like what, what? <laughs> you know like yeah um i that just adds so much more to the world and i think you know even taking you know abby out of it i just think it makes ellie's story that much more interesting because of the abby stuff and ultimately you get another 12 hour game <laughs> which i'm okay with like to yeah. play more of this game i was okay with that and and i think that like yara and lev are maybe like the standout characters for me in this whole game like of just being oh you are two lovely people two lovely little little people they're children yes i'm not just making fun of yes. their height okay cool um but i also here well here's the problem too is i had a hard i had a hard time understanding if they were kids or not simply because abby is so like she she's a, a mountain of a lady she's she's huge you know what i mean and like so perspective with that is a little little warped for me um but, but I, I just, I don't understand the people who are like, well, she killed Joel, so bad game. Like, take a second, I, really think about it, you know? Yeah, like, out of context, I, I'm, I'm still someone who, I Joel, like, the, the relationship I had with Joel and Ellie through the first game and everything, Joel's one of my favorite characters. He'd be like, if he was your dad, he'd be a cool dad. Oh, he'd be a I'd great dad. He'd be an awesome dad. Yes, he um, would. And, you know, having him, you know, murdered by someone, I, I think you don't want to you don't want to befriend the murderer. And it puts right. you in a comfortable position to have to just because that's what you're forced to do in this game. You know, people are like, oh, when I get to the second to Seattle day one, I don't want to play anymore because I have to I have to be this person. And I'm like, well, that's kind of like you, you're it's the way the director wants you to feel, <laughs> you know, yeah. and a lot of this. This does come down to what the director's overall vision of the game is. And I, I forget what your opinion was about the choice at the end of The Last of Us one. But I feel like. You know, for me, I, I not only would I have made that same choice as Joel did because I'm not selfish. It's not because I'm selfish. It's because like in that situation, being Joel and all that stuff, I wouldn't have trusted. Yeah, I have no trust for other people other than, you know, Ellie. I trusted Ellie. She saved me. I worked with her. I grew up. I grew this year with her, became, mm -hmm. you know, my surrogate daughter. I got to protect her no matter what. But people were upset that you couldn't choose not to. <laughs> you, I know. You had to kill the doctor. I know. You had to do it. Um, and then this whole game is kind of like reacting to that moment. Like, listen, we know you had to kill the doctor. And this whole game is about killing that doctor. You know, and, like... like, And, and it's, it's like a reaction almost to the people who are like, hey, I didn't want to kill that doctor. It's like, yeah, uh, the, the game's stance on that is that was a bad thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so the <laughs> yeah, people who yeah. are like, it's, it's far too violent for me. It's like, yeah, that like, or, or it's, it's too dark and, it, and the morality is so gray. It's like, yeah, it is gray, but it does take a stance saying, Hey, this was bad. And, and okay. I have another question for you. Sure. I've seen a lot of people who have said like, I wish I had choices in a game. I personally don't understand that argument at all because I think that this game is exactly like it, it to me, it seems like it's exactly the story that, that, that Naughty Dog wanted to tell. And it, if I had choice in it, I would have not had this same revenge story. 
because I personally wouldn't have wanted to go kill this these people. You know what I mean? And if I had any sort of like uh, say in it, I would have not made it so dark and grisly. You know, mm-hmm. Be- because almost to me it seems like if I had cho- if there was choices in this game, the ending that you get is the worst ending. Is like the bad morality ending. You yeah, know? I think I think choice in games is one of those scary things because um, if you're trying to tell a narrative game, uh, eventually you have to funnel choices that people are making into yeah. one of a, of, of a few set paths. Mass Effect Three, I think, is the perfect example of that. You've had this whole game where you can be good or bad and have like these morally ambiguous choices, but then when it comes to the end, you basically have three choices you you can make, right? And right. people were unhappy with that. Um, because they felt like, well, no, that's not the choice I would have done, or you, this is this is how it ends after everything you've done with these characters. I feel like you're you're tied narratively when you allow people to make choices. But I also feel like there's a lot of games that make you make choices as a character that don't mean anything. I'm playing right. Ghost of Tsushima right now, and they have all these like dialogue options about like, uh, do you want to respond like normally, or do you or positively or negatively to what someone says? It has nothing to do with the rest of the game. It doesn't affect anything that you do. Um, there's this big struggle between are you being a samurai or are you being a ghost or a ninja type of character? Uh, it doesn't matter though. You can go through the whole game like fighting like a samurai, and then you're 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 fine. You get the same story. You get people react to you the same way no matter what. So like, right. why even give you those choices to begin with if you're not going to do anything with them? Um, and I, I feel like in a game like this that is so much about the story and is so much about those cutscenes, you're only going to make the cutscenes and the actual story worse if you are limiting uh, or you're either expanding it. Because if they have to film, you know, the Joel death scene four times based on the choices you make, that just is going to lessen the quality of that death scene. Yeah. Because there's so many, they have to put so much more time in that. And it just becomes something that, that becomes un wieldy uh as a, it gets a little not messy, only a yeah. game yeah yeah and even um they were talking uh neil Druckmann was talking about how uh initially they wanted uh this to be an open world game that's what their plan oh. was kind of open world kind of situation where you just do different things but as they were kind of going through that they, you start to tie your hands with what you you can do in certain places and i feel like while that open world part of seattle was fun mm-hmm. once the action of that story was going you can't go back to that open world setting because it's you're 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 constantly expecting to find people. You wouldn't have a guitar moment if you're worried about the seraphites coming, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. and everything. And uh, like, there's there's a thing about having it open and big and doing whatever that I think will take away from a narrative, specifically something like The Last of Us that I think has been catered so specifically to tell this story, not just any story, but this story. Yeah. So do you have any like closing thoughts on this as we sort of start to wrap up here? Yeah, uh, so this game is good. I think you you have to play it. If you are someone who says that you like narrative video games and you you are looking for video games to be serious and mature, this is the kind of game you should play. The story's great. I think the gameplay is fun. Um, uh, I think just the presentation and the production value of this is top-notch. And this is, at this moment in 2020 probably one of the best examples of what video gaming can be i suggest you play it i totally agree uh it's just it's a good game and i think that there are a lot of people who uh, we've sort of touched on this a little bit who who are kind of dog like clowning on it and they haven't played it and i just think that if you play it you that if you play it and you didn't like it i can respect your opinion i can disagree with it but at least 
I understand where you, that you have an opinion and, and that you've done the work to have an opinion. Whereas people who just, you know, are watching the videos online and whatever saying like, oh, it's bad because of this. Play it. it, it if you don't like it, that's fine. But I would I think this is a good game. And I think this is a perfect example of exactly what you just said, exactly what a video game can be and what a video game can mean. Yeah, like just go into this game like with a positive mindset yeah. uh, and it will quickly be destroyed by how bleak the world is. But yes. I, I feel like you're going to go into a game hating it or looking for something to hate about it. You're going to find it no matter what game you're playing, no matter what movie you're, you, there's going to be something to hate in something that you're watching, right? Totally. But if you're going in with an open mind, um, and I hate that I have to say this for a game that is as good as this, that please <laughs> just, just take it seriously when you start. Like it is good. You just got to make sure that, you know, you're, 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 giving it a fair shot and that is by playing it by thinking about it and i think these conversations that you know we've had uh, about this game and i've heard countless other people have about this game just shows you that it is something that you can sit down and analyze um and it's not surface level there's so much that you can talk about and think about and if you play this game and, and aren't thinking about anything uh i you know you probably haven't opened your mind up enough to it whether it's how much you hate it or how much you like it <laughs> you should have an opinion <laughs> Totally. Totally. And so you said you had um, some more things to... Yeah. Yeah, I would suggest... Uh, so the Kind of Funny crew uh, did a podcast when they were... Um, they interviewed uh, Troy Baker, Neil Druckmann, and Ashley Johnson about the game. And I think that was such an interesting... Uh, an interesting interview that they had because you found out so much more context about the game and the decisions and the characters and everything that happened in it. Uh, so I, I would really recommend you just hear, um, listen to Neil Druckmann and people talk about uh, this game. Uh, there was also, they had another podcast of We Have Cool Friends uh, where oh, they talked Laura to Laura Bailey. Yeah, um, it, that, that wasn't as super in-depth on just The Last of Us Part Two as the other one was, but it, it still, there was some very interesting insight um, on you know her character and her, her overall experience uh, playing Abby. And I don't know if uh, you've uh, listened to this one, but uh, The Last of Us podcast, um, have you uh, been listening to that one at all? By who? Like, so is it just it, straight it's up actually, like the official Last of Us podcast? Yeah, the official oh. Last of Us podcast. It was, not... uh, it's actually sponsored by um, uh, Sony and PlayStation. Oh, cool. And uh, basically, uh, they start off with the first couple episodes talking about the original Last of Us. And they do, it, it would have been great, like, if I didn't have time to play uh, The Last of Us Part 1. But they basically go through and they talk about the entire game, season one, uh, f from, you know, all the different seasons that mm -hmm. happened in it. They talk about uh, parts of the combat and how that was developed. They also then, eventually, after the first couple episodes, start talking about The Last of Us Part 2. So it's really good. There's it's It's high production quality, and it just gives you more information and more kind of context about these decisions that the characters and directors and everyone has made in it so i highly recommend listening to those things if you want to hear more about the last of us or the last of us part two incredible well then uh thank you so much for listening we really appreciate your time and or um effort you took to find this uh i have no idea where this this is going to be up uh hopefully we'll get it up on places like spotify and, and apple podcasts and it'll probably be up on soundcloud as well uh, but yeah, so thanks so much for listening. If you liked it, share it to a friend or, you know, tweet at us. Our Twitter is, oh man, I really beefed it. I should have known what it is before I started at saying this. At Hitbox Pod. Is that, I, it's that simple and I didn't know it. 
Uh, that's embarrassing <laughs> for me. I made it. <laughs> um, but yeah, let us know what you thought. I'm interested if I'm interested to have a conversation and, and talk to people who totally disagree with me about all this. Um, so yeah, yeah so thank if, you. If, yeah. if 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 you hate it. I, please just tell us why. Um, I, I, I don't want to like, I'm not going to like sit here and like yell at you for being wrong. I want to know why you didn't like it. And I just want to kind of like talk and kind of find that understanding about why you didn't like it. Yeah. Well, it's because Abby's arms are too big and uh, bad I, games. Are I, I was jealous. Yeah. I was jealous. She's, she's jacked. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week talking about something. Bye. Bye. <laughs>